to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for clothes only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome everybody to No Church Answers, a Christian roundtable discussion for men. This is podcast number 260, hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas, I'll grab globe, spin it around, but not sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas, southeast side of Texas is Houston, southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we are. We are here with the guys from Man Up, Spiritual Oasis. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, each on our own spiritual journey, meeting daily challenges just like you out there. And that's why we are here. We're having a discussion for men, and we aren't taking church answers. So we're glad that you've joined us. And also, our No Church Answers 30-minute video show can be streamed from the Man Up Spiritual Oasis YouTube page. Subscribe, hit the like button, uh, and leave a comment. And Preach the Word TV broadcasts the shows Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WYGA in Atlanta, in case that you're there. Um, Believe me, they're called uh, Authentic, Gritty, and Unexpectedly Funny, so go ahead and check it out. And, of course, our podcast that you are listening to now is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. So please rate the podcast and leave a review and I just want to mention that without it, 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 all this wouldn't be possible without your support. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And at this time, it's my privilege to introduce to you the panel. Going to start out with a former world-class policy writer and a current professional gambler. He is the show producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Hello, oh, Steve. Steve. We hey, like buddy. policy writers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet on that. <laughs> hey, and also a uh, former prosecutor and attorney. We call him the judge. He's kind of the group historian. That's Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. How Mike? are you? And he is a corporate trainer, kind of the group theologian, a big deal in talent development. We call him the professor. That's Robert Koshu. Hey, and, we sort of, and we sort of like trainers. Right. <laughs> as long as you do what you're told. Um, anyway, my name is Bill Cox. I am basically an indie producer, but I work as a contractor. And I'm the host. Hi, Bill. Hey. Hey, host. <laughs> All right, Bill. Bill. And with that, uh, we, are, uh, we are in Job. And this is a, uh, this is a hard man study uh, to go through. And uh, but but hey, we're men and we're slugging it out. And I want to go ahead and get start with the overviews with our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Yes, Bill. Uh, thank you. Yes, we're going to look at one of the most challenging sections of the entire Bible. Uh, without cursing God, Job in this opening speech just about curses everything else. Um, and one reason we're we're, do, we're using the study book from Connect three sixty, but we're going a little deeper. I noticed that that the study book itself didn't want to publish all of chapter three. Chapter three is a very scary section to some Christians, and, and it actually should be because it is very disquieting. Um, 
but it's important to understand that Job is expressing deep depression and confusion and is not simply feeling sorry for himself. Uh, he hasn't experienced a downturn in his portfolio. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't broken his arm. He's, he's lost everything. He's lost all his property, lost his children. He is now afflicted with these sores all over his body. He's in terrible pain. And he's sitting on an ash heap, which is basically in, in, in these, in, in biblical terms, would have been a garbage dump. Uh, and he's scraping his sores. The only relief he's getting is with shards of, a shard of pottery. Um, when his friends visit, which, which we'll look at now, uh, they barely recognize him. And later, look, just, just jumping ahead briefly, just to, to note this reference, the neighbors from later passages where Job speaks, we learn that the, the men are mocking and deriding him. Children are laughing at him, sitting there. And, and remember, this, was this man, Job, just days ago, was the greatest, most revered man in the area. And so he is, he, he is really, truly depressed confused and everything he says in this in this speech this opening remarks reflect that and and they need to be taken seriously excellent uh, michael cropper yeah folks we're looking at the second podcast on job and steve just gave us a great introduction for it uh described a lot of the things that we've looked at so far uh I want to make some references to it, but before I do, I would like to briefly highlight what we covered in our last podcast. Historian. Uh huh, exactly. Yeah. I finally did that. So, we covered the introduction to Job, his family, like Steve said, his relationship with his family, his wealth, his possessions, his character, his faith in God, and his reputation in the community, as Steve said. Secondly, we, we looked at an introduction to God his angels, reporting to him, and surprisingly enough, God acting in a managerial capacity in heaven. And then number three, we got an introduction to Satan, his relationship to God, the angels, and his pastime of scouting the earth for individuals he can influence against God. I and like we, that description, his pastime. <laughs> I, I really like it. Well, I haven't quite... We don't know if it's a duty that God assigned to him or if he took it upon himself. So I, I, I'll I give you guys the opportunity himself. to address That's why I like that. It. It. I like that description as a pastime. I really do. No, it's true. I wasn't sure what to say about that. Okay. So we also learn of Satan's knowledge of Job and his aspirations to persuade him to sin against God. Now, then we learn that God grants Satan authority to attack Job. So he didn't automatically have the authority to do it. And boy, attack Job, does he? It's similar to an atomic bomb being detonated. He destroyed his children, his servants, and his livestock. And in this first assault, we learn that Job does not curse or disobey God. He worships God in spite of his mental anguish and the loss of his family. However, Satan's still not happy that Job is still loyal to God, and with God's permission, he again strikes Job. So Job, uh, pardon me, Satan inflicts Job's body with boils and sores such that he feels excruciating physical pain. And that's what we're going to look at today, folks. His appearance becomes similar to one who has been scorched, to me, scorched by fire, and his body is oozing blisters, sores, and boils. Now, today's podcast, folks, is about Job's rant against God 
and his plan for his life. But he cleverly disguises it as an attack on the day he was born. <laughs> Very Phil. good. Right. Excellent. Uh, professor. So I love all the descriptions, but the one thing I keep coming back to is, is kind of what Stephen and Bill alluded to. This is a guy who three days ago about, you know, we, we don't have an exact time, but let's just go with three days. That's a really good number, actually, I think, in this instance was on top of the world he was he was howard hughes (laughs) you know he had all the money he had all the land he had everything he pretty much lost all of it because you have to remember back then your wealth was not measured in cash and gold it was measured in cattle and camels and sheep and he lost all of those and then by the way the biggest wealth anyone had was their children, because that's who they left. A lot of times we talk about legacy, you know, and how do you leave a legacy? Well, for in that time in particular, it really was all about your children that you left. So this is a guy who lost all of that. He kept his wife, oddly enough, mm-hmm. but he lost all of that. Then he got sick and sores and things like that were you have to think about it. People viewed those as God's punishment on me. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure in his head, before he starts this, and, and I think this really leads into why he goes off the way he does. In that time, and, and somewhat even today, you know, th- there's a group that will tell you, well, if you're suffering, you must have done something that God is not happy about. So I'm sure he is just, he is loaded for bear at God at this point. Because he's trying to figure out, remember, he was so righteous, he was offering sacrifices on behalf of his children, just in case his children did sin on accident. He didn't think his children did, but you know what? They may have, so I'm going to offer a sacrifice. So he is like going above and beyond following God, doing everything he's supposed to, and then all of a sudden, wham, bam, he's down at the bottom of the barrel. So I think he's loaded, and I think he's loaded for bear. And I think he has a lesson for us in this as we look at it. Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read Job. This is Job 2, 11 through 3, 10. When Job's three, three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namanite, heard about the troubles that had come upon him, They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and (coughs) sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. He said, May the day of my birth perish, and the night it was said, A boy is born. That day, may it turn to darkness. May God above not care about it. May no light shine upon it. May darkness and deep shadow claim it once more. May a cloud settle over it. May blackness overwhelm its light. That night may thick darkness seize it. 
may it not be included among the days of the year, nor be entered in any of the months. May that night be barren. May no shout of joy be heard in it. May those day who curse days curse that day. Those who are ready to rouse Lebethian, may its morning stars become dark. May it wait for daylight in vain and not see the first rays of dawn. For it did not shut the doors of the womb on me to hide the trouble from my eyes. You know what I wanted to do? I just When I think about those uh, passages, I think of a pity party of biblical proportions. You know, yes, things are bad. <laughs> so, so what do you do? You take your imagination and you imagine all the other bad things that could have happened to you before you ever got to it. You know, so how many times, though, do we pile on? Basically... A lot as men, Steve. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I mean, I don't. I think it's a little more than a pity party, given given what he's gotten to. But that that has been the react. That was the reaction of the great commentator Matthew Henry, who was so put out by this. And I'll tell you why he was put out by this in a minute. But he he felt that Job was ungrateful. That Job Job should be praising God that he's still alive. When ironically. Job is asking God, why? Why am I still alive if you're going to do this to me? But, but um, the, the reason you did, you did a great reading. Um, if you, you. look at uh, the very first words God says in the Bible are, are uh, in Genesis 1-3. And of course, it's, uh, and God said, let there be light. And, it, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Job, in this passage, is calling for the negation of that. Right, the first, the, in, in our the second paragraph of Scripture. This is what you meant. You were dead on, Mike, when you said he's he's do he's he's going to disguise his curse of God, and he does not curse exactly. God. But so he goes. But to to it's coming off the way by by basically cursing God's creation, and yes, it, it is a funny. very and I'm glad you read because it, it is a very powerful curse. He is calling for darkness to come back and subsume the day. Well, you got to think about Job, though, okay? Here is a man, he was the great, just like the <laughs> professor said, three days ago, he was the greatest guy. He was the wealthiest. He was probably the best known. He was, he, for all intents and purposes, God-fearing, probably benevolent. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, in three days, and we're not even talking battle testing, we're talking... One of you guys said it, nuclear, everything going up. And it comes to a point, and I'm sure this has happened to basically all of us, I would think, at some point or another, where you try your best, and not only do you lose, but you get shot down on mm -hmm. something else, and you just realize that everything that you had built is mm -hmm. gone. And it comes to point. 
it comes to a point in time that you're you're almost incredulous about it. You just mm-hmm. I you can't can't believe it that this has happened. But what it's done with Job is he you know that the people are looking at him and say, remember three <laughs> three days ago, <laughs> you were high and mighty, and look, now you're worse than us. So not only the fact that he lost everything, but the humiliation that mm-hmm. must be going with it, too. And well, I think the angry is, is a leader, right? too. The angry's yeah. been inside of him, and the, free, the, the, the free, three friends sitting there Fakes makes him feel somewhat consoled a little bit, but he's got to release himself, mm-hmm. right? Bill? Absolutely. I mean, he's just got to release yes. all this mm-hmm. pent-up anger that's inside mm-hmm. of him. It didn't just happen because they're sitting there. Mm-hmm. It's because he doesn't know what else to say. He's just exploding. And, but I think that's it. that it's, it's presented here that Job isn't sinning by doing so. And, and he's... Well, and we see it different. I know, almost. but 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 why? But, but I mean, point. that's that's that's, that's we want to see it. almost aren't the net because of, because of everything else we kind of learn in Sunday school. But it's here. That's that's the thing. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It's here. And and as I said, the author of this study did not want to include the full passage of chapter three. And we have we've only right. done the first half right now. But um, because it is so explosive, Mike. I mean, it really yes. is when you, when you, yes. it's a, and, and, you know, should he, are we, are, yeah, and ima- imagine, imagine if you're in the fourth century BC doing this. And it, it's, it's interesting also as a sidelight, you, you'd, you'd, you'd love this, uh, Robert, in that we, we we're doing this in our class, in our Bibles, and, and, and mm-hmm. different people come with different editions. How, how different the translations are from you know and 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 most of them are contemporary um yeah, some, there's because this is really <laughs> it's really old hebrew mm-hmm. and so they had a hard time it, it, so if you're looking at king james king james gets translated from the latin vulgate into king james mm-hmm. english for the hebrew in particular but a lot of the newer translations they're doing they're going back and they're going to critical text studies mm-hmm. and so there are segments of this passage of job that are that were found as part of the Dead Sea right. Scrolls, mm-hmm. that are that is mm-hmm. some of the most ancient Hebrew ever found, mm-hmm. and they're trying to translate, and everybody's got mm-hmm. different takes, and then you discover another passage mm-hmm. that gives you a different light, and so that's part of the reason why you get that. Mm-hmm. And then I think I think the other part of it is is sometimes I think you get translator bias because oh my God, we can't put. Job said that. <laughs> that got to no, soften no, that, a little. That's going to throw us off into a theological yeah. controversy. They don't, they don't want to, they're not going to change stuff, but it's a very, you know, very minor, but, you know, and changes in, it, uh, it, I, I got, I got a, I got a Hebrew word. I can choose the more emphatic version interpretation, mm-hmm. or I can choose the more less emphatic interpretation of English word. I'm going to choose the more less emphatic. And, and, and so... It, it's it's again, I'm, but as I as I'm, I think the point being that ex- expressing these emotions, I'm gonna I'm going to point to another another misunderstood uh, piece of scripture, Psalm 137, um, that and it's the key to understanding that different emotions and sometimes anger and and anger and 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 horror is expressed in the Bible as much as love and compassion because because humanity is part of the story 
Uh, psalm 137, of course, is the famous psalm or the infamous psalm where the, 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 the people of Israel who are being marched off to Babylon sit by a river, sit by a stream under a tree, and they pray for God to dash the, the infants of their oppressors, dash their infants' heads against the rocks. And, of course, everybody who doesn't like Christianity says, oh, look what the Bible says to do. They totally miss the point of where those emotions are coming from. I, I asked you to think about Ukraine right now. Think of the people being herded out of those war zones. Their children, the schools have been bombed. Their houses have been bombed. Civilian targets have been bombed. Their children have been killed. Some of them may be Christians. Probably a lot of them are Christians, probably Eastern Orthodox. I'm sure they're thinking these kind of thoughts. And, and to say that they're sinning or to say that somehow this is wrong, that's kind of not, you know, you don't want to follow through on them. Likewise, here, there are days when you're, even your situation is worse that you're going to be angry at God. And expressing that anger, well, he knows what your emotions are. So, you're, I mean, you can't really bottle them up or hide them. But expressing them is... It, if, if we truly have a relationship with God, just like any other relationship, we have to be able to bring our anger and grievances to that relationship. Or else, you know, just like in any other, to, to pretend nightwise or to not get angry or to say it, to get angry at God is wrong, I think is, is, is not, <laughs> not in some well, cases it, a healthy it, relationship. It, it's, it's, you know, the standard, it's going back to James, and it's trying to reconcile James's, you know, mm -hmm. pray, pray, praise God in your suffering, in essence, mm -hmm. you know, versus this with Job. And I think to be able to praise God in your suffering, you have to get through this part. It, it's almost in Elizabeth Kubler-Ross stages mm -hmm. of grief. You have mm -hmm. to go through the anger phase mm -hmm. of whatever you're going through to be able to come out mm -hmm. on the back end of it. With the, mm -hmm. with the acceptance and the praise, you know, you, you have to be able to do that. And I think it, it's one of those things where I think this is where faith is not measured in blind praises of everything is grander. Mm -hmm. And, well, I lost my job today, but God's got something else for me. It'll all be fine. So I'm just going to go chill for six months and not worry <laughs> about it. You know, because mm -hmm. we've talked about this. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you do with that back end? How do you handle things? You know, and in some ways, does Job need to go through this part first to be able mm -hmm. to come out on that back end where, you know, where he can do what he mm -hmm. needs to do? And, and I think a lot of where modern evangelical, Western evangelical, fundamentalist evangelical, mm -hmm. nonsense, praise, whatever prosperity gospel jerks <laughs> out there that are telling you, we just, well, if you're not doing this, you're not doing something right and you just need to praise God through this stuff, and no, you're not allowed to be angry. Y'all are idiots if you're saying that. Yeah. You have to, we are made as human beings, and God made us with the full range of emotions from anger to grief to ecstatic happiness and everything mm -hmm. in between. And if we don't process all of that as we go through, then we don't go through it. We get stuck. And I think that is where the hardest part comes across. I think this is reflective of Job's relationship with God. Yes. And I think how you handle a crisis or something horrible in your life 
like this, your version of Job, whatever happens, that will reflect the kind of relationship that you have with God as well. I remember vividly uh, being in a men's Sunday school class. I don't, I don't know if I've brought this up before. Um, I'll call the leader's name George because his name was George. And uh, he said, I want to open with a prayer. I've had a horrible week. And he prayed loud with emotion. And I was sitting two chairs away from him. By the time the prayer was done, I was sitting in on the next to the wall because I thought a bolt of lightning was coming down. There was no I'd never prayed with that kind of emotion or passion, whatever you want, or volume. And when we left uh, one of the other guys was asking me, what did you think about it? I, I told him, I go, I would never get away with that with God because I don't have that kind of relationship. And I think that is the big thing that I get from this. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that kind of prayer. You know, I get it. I get it. Things are, are bad. But come on now. <laughs> you know, I can't curse God about that. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is No Church Answers. This is podcast number 260. We'll be right back. This is Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Thanking you, our listeners, for making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in the Christian space. We are proud to announce that the regular guys have earned a video slot on Preach the Word TV Network, a Christian video streaming application with more than 50 million downloads worldwide. To finance our video production, we have launched a GoFundMe page to raise funds for our studio space and production team. Our program will be available on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. It will also air locally in Atlanta on Saturday mornings on WYGA Channel 16.5. To make a tax-deductible contribution and learn more details, please look us up on GoFundMe.com under Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men or donate directly through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. Thank you so much for your support. And now back to the fellas of Man Up. <laughs> and, and welcome back, everybody. Uh, got a good COVID report from the professor. Awesome. Go ahead and take the double mask off. Okay. And, and this is podcast number 260. Uh, we're with the fellas. This is a Christian roundtable discussion for men talking about Job. Um, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and read 311 through 326. Why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? Why were there knees to receive me and breasts that I might be nursed? For now, I would be lying down in peace. I would be asleep and at rest with kings and counselors of the earth who built for themselves places now lying in ruins with rulers who had gold who filled their houses with silver 
Or why was I not hidden in the ground like a stillborn child, like an infant who never saw the light of day? There the wicked cease from turmoil, and there the weary are at rest. Captives also enjoy their ease. They are no longer hear the slave drivers shout. The small and the great are there, and the slave is freed from his master. Why is light given to those in misery and life to the bitter soul? To those who long for death that does not come, who search for it more than for hidden treasures, who are filled with gladness and rejoice when they reach the grave, why is life given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? For signing comes to me instead of food. My groans pour out like water. For I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest but only turmoil. Totally depressing. And in a way, when you think about it, it's the irony of being the survivor. Survivors, oftentimes, it's, well, it is. It's the, it's the hard road when you think of, of death in the physical sense as being rest. But being a survivor... It is the work. It is. It is the hard road. Um, anyway, well, uh, uh, interesting. A few weeks ago, we did for for, for television. We did we did a few of the sections of Ecclesiastes, um, which is kind of the more intellectual expression of these ideas. These ideas are far more emotional and personal because they're coming from Job, who's actually experiencing them. And I think, especially the, that last series of of verses. I, I think I've been there. I think sometimes we've all been there. You've been in such pain, even though you're exhausted and your body is, wants to sleep, you can't because the pain is just keeps you awake. Now we have more, you know, we have more painkillers these days. I wonder what they did 100 years ago, let alone this time. Um, the guy, he, he's, he's in such agony, he can't even sleep. And... There's a, there's a shift of gears here because the first section we read was a curse. May, there were a lot of may commands. May this have, may, may the day, may the night uh, subsume the day. Now he's beginning to question. He asks a series of why questions. The key, key why questions that we even ask when we're not suffering. Why am I here? Why was I just put here to suffer? What's the point? Why don't I just die? He's saying, God, if, if, you, if you're going to do this to me, why didn't you just let me die in the womb and, and, and let me go join the, the rest of death. Exactly. Who, a, a, a prayer, uh, an exclamation, a, a, uh, a complaint survivors bring or people who are just going through agony bring to God. And again, it's, 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 it's disquieting because, you know, we're not, Christians, we're not supposed to think about these things. We're supposed to. You know, put everything in God's hands. We're supposed to man up. And then he comes back. You know, you know he's coming. Yeah. Well, no, he's, and he's well, he's beginning to say, "No, wait a minute." And, and, <laughs> and I want I, I want to throw something out real quick. You were talking about physical pain. 
there there are things now there is despair mm-hmm. and and one of the problems we've talked about multiple mm-hmm. times with men right now in particular is they're among death American by despair men, mm-hmm. there is a lot of death by despair bill says mm-hmm. but there's a lot of despair because they've lost their jobs they've been minimalized because what they used to do for a living they're not doing mm-hmm. anymore and they can't do so instead of making 30 bucks an hour putting a car together they're now making 15 bucks an hour working at walmart as a greeter mm-hmm. so they don't feel that value and that purpose that they used to have then you get into some of what happens in today's society where men are the butt of every joke in the world mm-hmm. because we're just bumbling idiots going about not doing our things and oh my god don't you dare show any masculinity because that's <laughs> toxic masculinity you know as you go through so you get all of that and you pile it on it so now you have a different kind of pain you you have a despair that keeps you from sleeping that keeps you from doing that that then makes you go back and start talking to God. Why? <laughs> you know, you know, and, and, and I want you to think about a guy who I've been fortunate in my current, in my current job. I'm actually around a lot of, I'm going to just call salt of the earth type people. They work in refineries. They work in chemical plants. You know, they are not the guy most women want to bring home to mom and dad here in suburban Sugarland. You know, they're rough, they're tough, but what do they do? They work their butts off, they support their families, and the vast, vast majority of them that I've talked to are Christian and attend church when they're not working on a Sunday. And now, you know, they're being told, hey, you're in the, the industry you work in is bad, evil, and killing the planet. Your jobs need to be killed and done away with, you know, and they're told, oh, well, you're not supposed to act that way because that's not how a man is supposed to act. You know, and so they're dealing with a whole nother set of circumstances as they look at, and they're at the point they're crying like this mm-hmm. to God, going, What the heck? Mm-hmm. You know, I've done everything I was supposed to do, and here I am, you know, I'm forty five and and my industry is gonna be done away with and I'm gonna have to go find some other kind of job that's probably gonna pay a tenth of what it used what I used to make. Well, see, everybody focuses on their problems. And even if, even if you solve your problem, problem two is going to move its way up to one. You're never without problems. The issue that most people have when they're asking the question, why am I here? Because, and the reason why they're asking that is because they haven't achieved what they thought they should achieve. Whether whether money financially, scholastically, uh, romantically, whatever they never they didn't they didn't score as well as they expected to, but that's not why you are here. People need to think about this. There was a time you were somebody's dream. Think about that. No matter how old you are, you were thought about at least minimum nine months before you were birthed by your mother, quite possibly thought about and talked about for years 
or uh, true, Judge. That's that's absolutely true. But it's possible that you could have been thought about for years before you actually happened. So all of this me stuff and focuses on you and the selfishness, you need to think about it because especially if you're a parent, think about that child of yours. How long did you think about that child before you had it? Some were years and then you finally have it. And then if you hear about your child going, I cursed the day I was born. Well, you might, but I don't. That was you were you were my dream. And I think so many people because we get so focused on our own problems, we don't realize that there is a reason why you're here. God bless somebody and he's blessed you too. But he but you are their blessing. What you're saying is tremendous because that's generally the way we should look at every trial that we go through. As, as Robert has referred to James 1, 4, I think, count it all. Joy when you go through diverse trials and tribulations because it's going to cause you to grow in the Lord. However, if, if Satan takes your children, your servants, your camels, your oxen, your sheep, um, all your children... Um, then he covers your body with sores and boils and your wife tells you to curse God and then Job and his wife believe that God has caused this great trial and that's one of the things that's just tremendous because there's a couple things here that Job's not prepared for neither are we number one is that simply Job believes that God caused all these things and no one's there to tell him otherwise right? no one's there to tell him this is not coming from your God. And by the way, Satan has effectively tortured Job so bad, and you guys have said this with such pain and grossness, that his mind can no longer imagine a way out of this condition. That's where he's running into darkness. Robert, you said this. Steve, you said this. He now sees only gloom and despair as his life, and it appears to be his whole future. And that's the way it is when we're in a severe trial, right? Job sees his friends come and sit to comfort him and mourn this terrible physical condition. And Job believes that his friends understand and they sympathize with him. So he begins his rant. And the battle, <laughs> Job's battle has moved into his mind from outside, right? This is what we're saying. And he will wrestle with the spirits and thoughts that Satan can also place in his mind. And we don't see that in Job either. So he's not only dealing with his horrid, terrible physical mm -hmm. condition, but we do have, we know that Satan can interject spirit, uh, thoughts, pardon me, and, and all sorts of ideas into your mind to confuse you and totally block your, your thoughts ahead of you or block any hope you have. And we have not been taught that God allows a righteous man to be severely tested because Satan wants to test us. That we, it's come mm -hmm. up before, right, guys? It's, it's come up before. It's, but it's, what you say is interesting because in the language of the book, in the poetry, in, in the story, um, I think the author subtly telegraphs this in a word he uses. Now, if we looked at last week 
when uh, God said first to Satan, um, "Have you considered Job, my servant?" And mm-hmm. and you know he's you know he's he's devout. And Satan answers in, in the close, "Have you not put a hedge around him, and his household, and everything he has? Have you basically protected him?" Now, in this very complaint, Job expresses it as, "Why am I hedged in? Why has God oh, hedged me in?" He's right. not, and the opposite is happening. You see, he's totally—he's not that he's sinning, right? He's not the he's not sinning. But he's also not seeing the whole picture. And, and, and he's, you know, that's gradually, he wants to, he clearly wants to, and he begins, as, as, as good discussions do, it's teased out by what his friends claim because it forces him to continually to, to, think, to think about his position, very mm-hmm. good debater, mm-hmm. as, it's, as his points are attacked and he has to defend them. Um, so his defense becomes much stronger and his understanding of God becomes much stronger. Well, I think there's a, a, there's a time, like, he's going through uh, the washing machine right now. <laughs> he, the, he's, he's tumbling now. And just like most men, um, if there's anything I can advise anybody, is when you're in the middle of the crisis, don't make the decision until you mm-hmm. until you're at the end of the crisis because that light coming through the tunnel may be a train in the other direction so and i think he is just well it, me i would be absolutely bitching about what <laughs> what it happened i mean just quite honest with you but we don't write stories about people that commit suicide or give up mm-hmm. and and going back to the theme about he was a person's dream, I'm just thinking about God or, or, or even Job's dad thinking about what a little badass. Still, still, all of this has happened in three days and you still have not given up. That is is awesome. <laughs> it, it, it is one thing. He, he is yelling and screaming and cursing. and Right. You know, I, I honestly think we're getting the... Uh, clean version. The biblical poetry clean version of Job's complaint. Yeah. I absolutely I'm 100% convinced of that. Um, yeah. But he's not... He's calling for the val- invalidation of day and night, but he hasn't yet really cursed God. Mm-hmm. He, he is... He's, he's no. called for... Forget the day, forget the night. What the heck? I wish I'd never been born. It's kind of like self-deprecating prayer, yes. kind of like instead yes. of self-deprecating humor, self-deprecating prayer. and he doesn't. He yeah. kind of says, "What's yeah?" He's not. He doesn't even. He, I don't know. He doesn't even really out now blame God for this openly. He's just wondering what the heck. Yeah. <laughs> Why? And 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 What's and, the and, and I, I think part of the reason we have this in the Bible mm-hmm. is to tell us, guess what, boys and girls, we can do that. Mm-hmm. It's yes. okay to go. And what the heck? And and it's it's because you know, and, and it's, you can you can apply this. It's a and again, it's a story. And dare I say, of course. If we're going to get in this story, we're going to take the wealthiest man in the world and we're going to have the most horrible thing happen to him. We're going to take the the best and worst case example we can find. Now, you can bring this down to your level. And again, it comes into everybody has their crises. And 
it's it yeah it's and it does it has and even it has nothing to do with what you might cause and that's the other thing don't you can't shake your finger there is no consequence to any action here what job did this isn't david slept with bathsheba and a whole lot of whole lot of drama came down as a result of it and you can say yep that's that was a consequence of his action we can't Say, oh, Joe, well, you see, you shouldn't have done that, or you shouldn't have done this is all what after. This just came down on his head. And and it was quick. And mm-hmm. and I think I I do think it was three to four days. Yeah, I mean I, I it's it seems this, to be they, I mean the friends the friends have to travel there. They yeah. they they have there's there's no there's there's no it, all it says is another day he came but it, yeah it seems to have happened very quickly I I, I think that's the point <laughs> I think one underlying thing didn't it uh, say seven days and seven nights they sat with him they, they sat, sat with him they were sat with him yeah well that, that but, was their uh, showing of, I I just kind of also think though um, the underlying story of this is how steady. Job was during mm-hmm. this whole this mm-hmm. whole thing. I mean, yeah, he was depressed, and who wouldn't be? <laughs> um, but it didn't push him over the cliff. And I kind of it kind of reminded me of like because uh, gosh, it's been a few years ago that Steve had a major accident, and I I was in the hospital mm-hmm. during COVID. You had and, your Jobin experience. I'll man. tell you what it was. Yeah. It was it was horrible uh, being in there and having ner- because of COVID. You, I was on a, a hall by myself uh, in a room. Nobody could come in, and the nurses were in their hazmat suits, and I couldn't move because I didn't have a femur, and uh, it was basically horrible. And, you know, uh, but the thing about it is in life as a man, uh, I just kept thinking to myself, this too is a struggle and struggle is the way. And, you know, that just comes to a point to you have to man up. And the reason is, is that and I kept and I think about it with the story of Job because when you look at your problems and you focus on them, you see your problems. But if you step away from them a little bit, the problems aren't you. They're just a component of what you're dealing with. But they're not you. Because you were someone's dream. You have, and because of God, we have hope. And Job's hanging on to it too. It, it, it's funny you mentioned we were the youth were talking about self-control upstairs and reaction and um, controlling and I always think about it as a thermometer and a thermostat thermometers react to every temperature that occurs to them and thermostats set and control the temperature and so part of our deal as Christians is we have to decide how much of a thermometer are we going to be and how much of a thermostat are we going to be? Are we going to let everything that happens to us control us and our response? Because Job's wife, she was a thermometer all the way. Just church God and die. <laughs> Get this over with. You know, but Job is trying to be a thermostat now. He's starting to let it out a little bit here, mm-hmm. but he's still in some level under control. And I think that is a big piece. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is 
No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is No Church Answers, podcast number 260. We are talking about Job and uh, just want to get some uh, final thoughts and takeaways uh, from the group and uh, start with Michael Cropper. Yes, uh, I read a, a, a little story um, about uh, Sean Johnson. Do you all remember her? She was a gold medal winner, a mm-hmm. gymnast, maybe, what, seven or eight years ago, something like that. And she married a, a very, very nice guy by the name of Andrew East. And he had been a football player. Uh, he, every year he visited several different football teams, and I forget the position he played, but he never permanently was signed with any of them. But he, they would sign him in May and then let him go in August or whatever as a backup or whatever. So, but I, I'm sure he got some type of bonus or payment for doing that. But anyway, uh, two, 2019 they had a little baby, a little girl, real, real cute little girl. And... Um, he was out in the gym. He still had a gym, and he had a number of friends that he still worked out with, football players. And uh, he went out to his gym at his house, and before they came over, he started picking up weights, and he said, I blacked out and fell over. Don't know what happened. Have no idea. And he hit his head on the floor, and he was still out unconscious when his friends showed up. And they saw the blood on the floor, and he had to get stitches and stuff in the top of his head. And his wife, John, didn't know it. She was in the house with the baby. Um, I think she was taking a nap. They were both taking a nap. So she didn't even know, but his friends picked him up and took him to the hospital. Now, while in the hospital, he, uh, he said he wrestled with what it meant to be a father. At home, then he said, the hearing his wife crying, watching the gym footage, when he saw how he had fallen over, apparently he had a camera set up for watching the exercising he would do and whatever he did. Uh, he, he made this statement, and I applied it to the story we looked at today. He says, control of your life is an illusion, and life can change fast. But the, the word that caught me was illusion, right? Mm-hmm. When we think we have control over our life, we might be in for a rude awakening. Anyway, and he says, the first time I had to realize that my life is not just my own. He said, I now have a little daughter to take care of. But he didn't refer to God, but I, mm-hmm. I substitute in God in there. Uh, my life is not my own. It belongs to the Lord. And I have to remember that God controls and has hold and controls my future and sets my path. Bill? Excellent. Uh, professor, a I, couple of takeaways I, from you. I, I'm reminded of Ephesians 6. Um, 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take on the 
devil schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities and against the powers in this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms as Mike said we don't control our stuff and and I think it's human arrogance and it's a hubris and it is a extra special benefit I'll call it for lack of a better term of the narcissistic culture that we live in today mm. that we think we control everything about everything all the time and sometimes we do need to just sit and vent to God hey what the heck and I think being able to pull back and do that is when you can see some maturity in your faith as you move through and I think you grow your faith you, you know I'll, I'll tell you right now you want to know the best way to learn something go do it mm-hmm. you want to know the best way to struggle through a hard time mm-hmm. go through a hard time and do it right excellent Steve Ditch on a, on a more personal basis this is a this is a verse this is a chapter of Job chapter 3 to go to when things are depressing because there's a character in the Bible uh, a wise character a successful character who went through this and expressed this to God and one and one thing about Job also I think a lot of people are know of the book of Job and the story of Job in vague you know basic terms famous guy got everything taken away he held on to his faith but looking at it even in my class we're discovering how how powerful it is it's not just a guy oh I know I've suffered badly God but I love thee it's much more than that and and it can be both a surprising read and in some ways I think a comforting read to people who are in a moment where they feel alienation from God excellent uh, I just wanted to throw in uh, something uh, for for you out there that are listening uh, typically the from the type of comments and stuff that we get <clears throat> People that have it going on in life and uh, are have big fat bank accounts. Well, they might be listening, but they don't write in many comments <laughs> into our show, and that's why we gear this to men. And some of you might be going through your own Job experience. There is reason to continue on in life. Although it may not be obvious at the moment, <laughs> there is. And thank you so much for tuning in. This is No Church Answers. And thanks so much for our sponsors and supporters. And on behalf of the producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshy, my name is Bill Cox. Our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get the podcast. Please rate the podcast and leave a review. If you have questions or comments, you can go to the Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com, post it there. If you're unable to attend a church, check out the Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org. Start Sundays at 9.45 a.m., and when you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for small group discussions like this and find one that is men only. If there is one, start one. This is Man Up and supporters. And on behalf of the producer, Mr. Steve Titch, 
Michael Cropper, Robert Koshy. My name is Bill Cox. Our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get the podcast. Please rate the podcast and leave a review. If you have questions or comments, you can go to the Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com, post it there. If you're unable to attend a church, check out the Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org. Start Sundays at 9.45 a.m., and when you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for small group discussions like this and find one that is men only. If there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.